and welcome to tonight's episode of the Republic of Middle-Aged Men. I'm your host Tim and joining me tonight is Ruben. Hey, yeah. And Lachlan. Howdy guys. How are you gentlemen? Good mate. Yeah, traveling alright. Very good. Do you have a beverage this week, Ruben? I do, I do. I have Captain Morgan's Spiced Rum on the rocks. Ooh, lovely, lovely. <laughs> how, how about you, it's, Lachlan? Oh, sorry, Ruben, continue. Oh, you get it at Audi and it's it's reasonably priced. <laughs> 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 no, a mate from work got me onto it and um, it's uh, very nice. Very good. How about you, Lachlan? What are you drinking? Yeah, I should have uh, joined Rubes. I've got a, uh, a Kraken spiced rum kicking around downstairs. But... Uh, instead I've sort of uh, stuck with my, my G&T but um, just switched up the gin this week so I've got a, uh, a uh, sorry Gordon's uh, Sicilian lemon uh, flavoured gin which is I've tried nice. that one it is mm. good yeah, I sort of, sort of go uh, let's go Mediterranean style since we're you know not quite the right country but you know we're in the right neck of the woods yeah. <laughs> now when you said downstairs and referred to liquor I just immediately pictured a uh, a room you know a wine room like if you've got a wine <laughs> cellar or something epic down there is no it... it's just my studies upstairs and the uh oh, that's disappointing. <laughs> the that drinks disappointing. are downstairs that's it i'll, just, I'll stick with my imagination because it, it, it's amazing infinitely better imagination's always better right <laughs> <laughs> i must say it is the one thing that's missing from my um from my sort of man study that i've built up here is that i I should have a, a bar cart of some variety in here. I think it's, uh, nice. it's, it's uh, should be mandatory. I think. Oh, one with the, sure. you know, with the silver pewters and all that sort of gear. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Volkswagen do like a combi front mini fridge. Sure. I think I've seen one um, yeah, at one of the Volkswagen dealers floating around. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. I'll um, have one. We soon to be sponsored by Volkswagen. Shoot me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good on you. Um, all right, so I am drinking, and I'm going to mispronounce this horribly. It's uh, the Kurashot. No, I couldn't even say it. the Kuroyoshi Pure Malt Whiskey, aged 12 years, and it's a Matsui whiskey made in Japan. I'll put it up to the camera for those watching. And um, yeah, I do like Japanese whiskey. And I mm. do like twelve-year-old Japanese whiskey. <laughs> it is very nice. Mm. Nice choice. Yes, it's good. So, how's the, how's the week been, uh, Lachlan? I'll start with you. Any, any uh, fun things? It's been um, it's been pretty quiet, I guess. Uh, work's been busy, so uh, and obviously we're still in lockdown. So just doing things around the around the house where you got the time sort of sticking to my fitness thing which is great got my new uh my new runners i was waiting for last week so uh got a couple of runs in which is good not super duper motivated though like <laughs> i'm sort of dragging my ass back in gear but uh you know starting to get there watched a I few i forgot you were doing that how's that how's yeah. that going the whole fitness thing look uh not too bad it's um I can definitely feel like the uh, the fitness is improving, but um, 
I'm not seeing any uh, any benefits around the uh, waste, if you know what I'm saying. But um, <laughs> I, I might have to, I might have to, I don't know, change up my diet just just a little bit just to see some benefits there. But uh, <laughs> you're a middle aged middle aged man now. It doesn't come uh, easy. Apparently, is what they're telling me. Hey, hey, this is just uh, natural dad bod, twenty four seven going on here. So <laughs> there's this Adeline X guy I watch on YouTube. Sometimes he's really good. He's super famous. Um, he did this thing where he got his young guy who trains with him to do burpees while he did like an eight minute video and at the end of him he goes do you want to know how many gummy bears you just burnt and it was like three gummy bears or something stupid like that <laughs> and he goes the point of this video is to show you, you can't outrun a bad diet yeah <laughs> and I was like ah oh, damn it he's right yep well, no, no one likes that that news though so <laughs> no, I much prefer drinking my whiskey than having a good diet <laughs> Because well, I always reckon, uh, you know, people who do um, do exercise tend to be, uh, you know, hungrier and kind of eat worse afterwards. So uh, <laughs> I think it's something, you know, if you're trying to trying to get somewhere, you probably need to have a plan and a bit of uh, conscious will to do something about it. So uh, we'll see if I change gears. But um, anyway, I'm I'm happy to get a little bit more fitness anyway. That that's 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 good in any case. Very <laughs> good. How about you, Ruben? Did you end up uh, yeah, doing any I'm fitness? Pass. Um, no, it right. like it okay. was, yeah, it was pretty standard. I'm, I'm, I'm more worried about the kids at this stage. See, they're starting to go off, bounce off the walls a little bit. Yeah. Um, with the, not going to school and that sort of gear, but um, no, my, my week was okay. Yeah, good kid. Um, for me, I had um, little COVID scare at the start of the week, but that was all good. Um, but I had to being a I was a casual contact for a day, uh, so I had to isolate from the family. That was weird. Um, so That's I just, not you know, cool. Yeah, but I, I, you know, I took appropriate action and played Xbox. Um, yeah, so that was good. <laughs> and my friends were there for me, um, so we could do some Battlefield in preparation for the next Battlefield game. And um, yeah, the this is this is a weird old week. Um, the homeschooling thing is obviously challenging when you also work and um yeah that's that's been a real learning for us this week as well but we're doing pretty good with that and um, i think it's fatiguing no matter what i mean you, you yeah. talk to any any parents about that and that's um it's hard yakka for sure yeah i i actually i think socrates said this i remember reading it a while ago about not discouraging someone even if they're learning really really slowly as long as they're moving forward i can't quite remember the exact quote but like that idea came to mind this week of just if there's (laughs) any movement forward then happy days and throw that throw lots of praise in that direction and you know good job good job all that sort of stuff so yeah they say you uh, catch more flies with honey than vinegar mate so (laughs) yeah yeah I mean, yeah, to get them to do the work is challenging. Um, a, a guy I used to work for, um, I, I remember once saying to him, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. And he went, yeah, but then you can feed that sucker a whole lot of salt. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, that's a good counter to that. <laughs> so, anyway, um, speaking of Socrates and guys like that, I think we should reopen our books sure so uh have we mastered our greek pronunciations yet we've got uh thrasy marcus 
It's Thrasymachus. <laughs> we we're moving away from Thrasymachus. I'm going to struggle now because I just sort of got that sort of built into my brain last week. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how we go. <laughs> so, so last week, uh, as we sort of wrapped it up, we were um, about halfway through book one. Mm. Uh, so, Lachlan, do you just want to quickly summarize where we were up to and then we'll get into it? Sure, sure. Uh, so look, we, we kind of kicked it off uh, last week uh, with Socrates sort of uh, heading out from a uh, from a festival, gets bailed up by a, an old mate and sort of invited over to his house for a chat. He uh, has a bit of a yarn with the fellow's old man and they sort of get onto a topic about, you know, uh, I suppose like what was his life lessons out of a, out of a long life, his, his old, this man's father and, uh, you know, it's well advanced into his years. And he dropped a bit of wisdom on him as far as, uh, you know, I suppose he'd, he'd lived a good life and he's a happy man and that, uh, you know, in age he's sort of mellowed and um, he's happy because he can sleep at night because he's got a clear conscience because he's paid his debts and uh, he's done no, no ills or evils so he can sleep well at night. And this sort of brings out this conversation about... Um, what is um, justice, I guess. And um, he, they go to probe on to that a little bit further. And uh, Cephalus, the old man, decides to bail out and tag his son in to, uh, to have the argument. Because he says, you're right, it's more complicated than, than kind of what we've set out. So uh, that's basically what we sort of discussed in the, uh, in the, the first part of the book is this sort of conversation. In the end, um, this is... Uh, Polymarchus we'd been talking to and his sort of landing as they've sort of had this conversation with uh, Socrates is that um, a just man should do uh, injury to no one, good or bad. And this is where they sort of finally sort of end this, this debate. And they've both kind of finally agreed on this point after sort of throwing things back and forward for, for a period of time. Uh, and that's basically where we finish up and we get a bit of a strong interjection this point yeah i i also feel like that that was a really good summary by the way I, I i feel like that part of the conversation so far has been amongst people who are kind of friends for sure um it, it's super uh chill and it's very cordial debate yeah yeah it's very loose and and very agreeable um with each other about oh maybe this or maybe that it, it's uh, very brainstormy and um, I think, you know, as we move into this second half of this book, there's a really big change there. <laughs> yeah. You could say um, that. Yeah, Yeah, that's when Thrasy Marcus comes in over the top. I like, I like this cat. I like his <laughs> style. So take us through that. Um, and the way, the way that they, he describes it, um, or Plato describes Socrates thinking about it, is like... Yeah, it's like what you said to him. He's cool, he's cool, just chilling, having a chat. And then um, Thrasy Marcus basically just bites in over the top and just starts just starts swinging almost like insults at, uh, at Plato. Um, it's 100% right, it's, insults. It's, it's, a, it's, a total, it's a total change in tone. Um, <laughs> he, basically, he basically comes in over the top and he's like, you guys know what you're talking about. Plato's a fraud. You guys are all falling for this crap. Um um, and you know, the, the, you know that's kind of 
his attitude towards Plato, which I, 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 I kind of... The thing is, he's sort of portrayed as really aggressive and, and sort of almost mm. unreasonable, but I actually agree with a lot of what he says. I think some of his criticisms of Plato are fair. Absolutely. Um, but I think basically where he starts out with... Where he kind of starts out with is basically saying, this guy is just sitting here and just asking questions. You guys all think he's a genius, but he hasn't actually said anything. He's like, he basically <laughs> says, Plato, mate, he's you know, Socrates. If you know what's going on, tell us what's going on. You're a pretender, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah, I think he so just said sort of basically, uh, you know, uh, Socrates, you're sitting there with your uh, ironic style, you know, just basically flipping the opposite of everything that somebody says. And, uh, you know, anytime you try to nail you down, you sort of duck and dodge out of the way to avoid answering it and try and flip another question back um, back at the uh, other guys, so um, he's dead right. You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> he, has, he hasn't offered anything up at this point in time. He's just tearing everyone else's ideas down. <laughs> but in defence of that, you know- I, I, I did that by accident this week. In that, um, I saw someone put a, I saw someone put a post up on Facebook, and it said that um, the opposite, uh, oh, sorry, that failure is success for what doesn't matter. Or success at what doesn't matter. That was it. So failure is success at what doesn't matter. And I thought, hey, what would Plato do? Uh, sorry, Socrates do this. He would go, no, that doesn't what work do because by... failure <laughs> at what doesn't matter is still failure. So how yep. can success at what doesn't matter be failure as well as failure at what doesn't matter be failure? It doesn't make sense. So I'm like, oh, that's a stupid yeah. thing. That... <laughs> and and I just wrote it off. And I've never done that before in my life. I don't think of actually looking at a thing like. Uh, what would Socrates do here? He would go, well, what's the opposite? No, nah, it doesn't work because it's the same answer for both. <laughs> <laughs> so true. That's pretty much what he's doing. So, yeah, pretty much. But, but it doesn't define, well, what is success? You know? So I think I think it's the same thing here. Yeah. I, in, in my book, he, one, of the, one of the first things he says is, he goes to he goes to Socrates. You know perfectly well that it's easier to ask a question than to answer them. <laughs> mm, for sure, for sure. But I think um you know that's the really interesting thing is basically he turns around and says, "Okay, the whole argument up to now is complete crap, <laughs> and I, and I want to disallow everything that Socrates has brought forward." And propose that it's complete garbage. <laughs> and I let me tell you I what's think, up. Um, I liked. Um, I really liked Socrates' description of him. Like Socrates, when he describes him, just comes across as an absolute wuss, like just a massive pussy. But I don't know whether I'm reading it wrong, or whether he's been a little bit tongue in cheek, like being a bit sarcastic. So I, I don't I know. Get that vibe. That he was being sarcastic, be or that he was like. <laughs> I was I was staggered by his attack, and I looked at him in dismay. You know, if I had not seen him first, I believe I should have been struck dumb. And I'm like, oh man, up, dude. But then I was thinking, is he like, is he is he is he actually like, oh, what is this? Oh, how could this angry man be here? Or is it more that he's sort of got, sort of being very sarcastic? What do you reckon? Do you, I, you know, I think it's actually coming back to something we observed last week, which was that. Um, this thing about having a debate amongst your friends has this clearly has this sort of set of rules and social doctrine about the way that you argue something right because quite often when you sort of hear them talking about different aspects here it's like they have to kind of like 
establish the premise and the rules of the argument, if you know what I mean. And yeah. that if you're going to have the argument, everyone's got to agree to the rules of the argument before they sort of start to debate it, right? So it's almost like this guy is kind of challenging and sort of saying, you know, you guys aren't following the proper rules of debating here. And you're, I can't remember what the phrase is that he sort of uses that you, uh, or basically like you, you're just giving in to, to Socrates or something like that, you know? You're just giving into his yeah. debates because he, <laughs> and in fairness, he just wears you down, right? Because the guy just keeps hammering you like until you give in. And, uh, and I think he's quite rightly sort of saying, you guys just have kind of lacked the balls to kind of stick it to him. And in, um, yeah, in, in my training, that's why he's pissed. He, he calls them silly billies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it says um, he roared out to the whole company. What folly, Socrates, has taken possession of you all? And why silly billies do you knock under to one another? Knock under. That's that's <laughs> yeah. the word I was looking for. Because I, yeah. I, so I, I looked that up because I was like, I hadn't heard that expression before. Uh, but it's basically to, to, to give in to the argument without fighting for it. Yeah, right. I, well, I that think was, the audio translation. Oh, okay. I think the audio book we had said give way. And I thought of yeah. like English politics. You know, like mm, I, give, yeah. I will give way to the gentleman. You know, that sort of thing. Okay, so but yeah, basically, we, we're we're all in agreement with this fight. <laughs> yeah, he's firing up. He's, so, Ruben, what what do you think his main, you know, initial statement is then? Well, yeah, he basically comes across the top, and and there's a little bit of a, a discourse where um, Socrates has to almost tease him, or or, or yeah. almost trick him trick him into actually committing to a position because. Um, Thrasy Marcus is basically saying, I'm, I don't need to say anything. You've got all the ideas, put it on the table. And then Socrates basically almost tricks him into the opposite. But I think Socrates is right. He basically goes to him, no, nah, you've obviously got something to say, buddy. So mm. what is it? Uh, and, and that's where it gets interesting when he does, um, when, he, when he sort of lays out his argument because it, it immediately becomes apparent that his his argument is in line with his character and the way that he's behaving. Because mm-hmm. what his argument goes on to be is basically that um, justice is, I forget the exact wording, justice is the will of the powerful or the will of I've the stronger. I've got quote just here if you want. Yeah, go for it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the will of the stronger. Um, I had that sort of like quote that he has about uh, the government and what have you being the... The stronger party so it's um he's saying in all states there is the same principle of justice which is the interest of the government and as the government must be supposed to have power the only reasonable conclusion is that everywhere there is one principle of justice which is the interest of the stronger yeah so mm-hmm. basically whoever's in charge whatever they say goes in yeah. layman's terms and to him, um, that's so, what yeah. justice is. Yeah, whether it's yeah. good or bad is kind of irrelevant. It's just it's the the follow through of whoever's whoever's stronger and what their what their ideals are. Yeah, and I reckon it ties back into the start. Remember in the first one where they they're walking down the street and they come up to him and they're like, "You have to come with us," and he's like, "Well, why don't you make us?" Mm, um, sure. And then this guy, <laughs> this Thrasy Marcus, obviously kind of represents the kind of uh, the thinking or the idea that, yeah. Whoever's got the most power, they get to decide what's right and wrong. Mm. Yeah, and um, just before we move on, that that sounds really familiar for uh, you know some more modern thinking. Um, and we talked well, about this a little bit offline. Like 
because coincidentally today I decided to wear my Karl Marx t-shirt um, that has the, <laughs> the famous quote on there that says uh, to make an omelette you must break 100 million eggs um, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't think Karl Marx is entirely wrong in that he kind of points out a similar issue it's just his solution I think is entirely wrong it's like saying um, I keep grazing my knuckles uh, when, when I play on the ground and Karl Marx goes yeah you're right let's uh, cut your arms off I'll fix that <laughs> like it's, it's not the right answer but, like he's noticed <clears throat> hey you're grazing your knuckles but uh, I'd like to keep my arms <laughs> so um, anyway well, I mean, if, what, are you, what are your comments on that well if you want if you, in terms of the historical context that this conversation takes place um, there's something called the sophists and um, I'm just basically regurgitating what I've sort of heard other history of philosophy um, people say. So this is not my own thoughts, but I think it, it sounds accurate. Essentially, around that time, a lot of Greek philosophy had given up on the idea of absolute truth. And it had kind of their philosophy and their politics had degenerated into this um idea that basically all that matters is whether you can persuade someone of something um, and that's what the sophists were the sophists were traveling teachers that were paid to teach essentially rhetoric and persuasion um, so they'd gotten to a point where philosophy wasn't really progressing because you had this large a whole bunch of people that the, the academics and 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 the philosophers at the time were essentially all they did was teach people how to manipulate and persuade people and that was that was kind of considered the height or or, or the the be end or all end of of what greek philosophy had come to and um socrates is obviously coming in into that environment and he's saying no no no, no, no. there's got to be more to truth and justice than just what you can convince people of um so i'm not sure whether they actually he actually refers to thrasy marcus as a um a sophist, but he does refer to him as a, as a philosopher. And he's essentially what you would call a sophist. Um, I guess yeah, if you okay. had to pick, if you had to pick like a, a modern day, uh, a modern day equivalent, it'd almost be like um, uh, somebody who doesn't care about the truth, but just cares about persuading people. So maybe mainstream media, <clears> these <throat> days, a little controversial, maybe. <laughs> At first I thought you were going to say like a lawyer. <laughs> no, nah. actually, a lawyer. That's no, that's perfect. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. But I, I see the parallel that you drew. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting though too. Yeah, because you see with uh, Socrates, he keeps on sort of pushing and saying we want to find the truth of this statement, and that's um, he seems to be sort of pulling apart his arguments to a, to a degree to sort of say I understand that's what you're saying, but let's question it to mean? find the truth of your statement, right? So he goes, the statement's worth nothing without the truth of it. And so that's what his questioning is about, to so try and uncover that truth. So, because uh, that comes up a whole bunch of times on there. So I think, yeah. Yeah, that's like a major thing. On there. Mm. And, and like you, you notice that when, when Thrasymus starts attacking and this plays into the whole, you can see that sort of Socrates is like, you're just a sophist, mate. But he doesn't want to come out and say, you're, mm. you're just, there's something wrong with the way you're thinking. He, his manner is to tease it out. But he goes, oh, when he when Thrasymachus Marcus is accusing him, he goes, "For if we were looking for gold, you can't suppose that we would willingly let mutual pointless 
mutual politeness hinder our search and prevent our finding it justice is more valuable than gold so yeah mm. you're right you can see that his whole thing is like the truth and justice is, is more important than material possessions yeah. which I don't know whether that was unique for the day but um, it, it's that's a, like in direct contrast to somebody who is just interested in persuasion and power and that's that's what these two characters I think are, are really they're two almost two ends of, of a spectrum kind of thing yeah well I think we've introduced uh, the two of them arguing pretty well um, so I think let's move on a little bit so just just after they have this sort of initial confrontation um, I think uh, Thrasy Marcus is essentially saying I'll bet you that I've got the yeah. answer and you don't and uh, I, I love how they say um, He's like, oh, but you know, you won't be able to pay me. And Socrates is like, yeah, I've got no money. I'll give you praise if you're right, but I've got no money. And he's like, oh, well, that's that's a pleasant notion. <clears throat> and I like how the others at the um, like Glawson, uh says, um, oh, don't don't be under any anxiety about money, for we will all make a contribution for Socrates. <laughs> so the room's obviously turning on this guy a bit, um, yeah. saying, oh, you want to make a bet? We'll we'll back Socrates with this one. <laughs> well, I mean, I yeah, you funny. do get it. At some point in time, I think uh, Socrates actually calls on Glaucon to sort of like back him up. You know, will you, will you, will you back me on this argument? You know what I mean? Yeah, I like, yeah, man, I'm with you. Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically, um, yeah, Thrasy Marcus comes out and says, you know, it's it's justice is the will of the powerful, and then Socrates starts to pick it apart. Yeah, he's sort of like challenging. I think the um, that sometimes um, the the followers of the ruler um, may follow a command or something like that, but it may hinder the ruler unintentionally. If you know what I mean, um, there's a question I think around um, you know the uh, the weaker are supposed to follow the the rule of the rulers, and uh, but but sometimes they may actually do disservice to the ruler by following that instruction. So should they follow the instruction or not? That's kind of where uh, Socrates was going with it. Um, yeah, well, his, his basic first question to Th uh, Marcus is, well, are leaders infallible? Mm, mm. And he, his immediate response is, well, no, they can't be. Of course, they make mistakes. Yeah. Um, so Socrates' basic point is like, well, is it still justice if what they're doing is wrong? Like, yep. you know what I mean? Um, mm, mm. Yeah. I, I actually think... Yeah. I actually think it's on that point that I, I think it's at that point um, that Thrasy Marcus is lost. As soon as he makes that concession, I think his his, his argument his argument well, he goes. He, he turns it back over. Oh, you're right. He, tried, and he yeah. does lose it. Yeah, and then um, and then he sort of tries to flip it back and say, "Well, that's okay. Scratch that. Um, <laughs> let, let me let me reiterate what I really meant." which is that there is no intention for there to be uh, an error of judgment or whatever it is. Yeah. So it's still and that's in the interest kinda... in this, of the stronger, right? And that's so... how they get into that real weird stuff where they start then again mm. talking about, well, what is the purpose of a doctor? And if a doctor does it wrong, is he being a doctor? Um, yep. I, I got a yep. little bit lost there. I, was, I thought that was a bit of a weird argument. It was like, he was basically saying, well, I mean, if a doctor makes a mistake, 
is he really a doctor? Hmm. Uh, and and to me that that that's where it got a little bit abstract for me. I was like, oh, I don't really follow this bit. Yeah, look, I, I think there was a uh, there's a whole bunch that they were sort of tossing back and forth there, <laughs> trying to find this truth. But I think sometimes you're right; it just becomes so abstract. It's it's hard to sort of bring it back to a, a real application for the argument. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what did uh, What did you think, Tim? Well, it, <clears throat> I think you know, happily, there's there's other examples. And I think they point to the same point that uh, the Doctor one's trying to make. So I I really liked the horsemanship one because um, I thought that was a good analogy. So uh, where it says, um, nor does the art of horsemanship consider the interests of the art of horsemanship, but the interests of the horse. Neither do any other arts care for themselves, for they have no needs. They care only for that which is the subject of their art. That's right. Basically, well, tell me if you guys agree, but my understanding of that is like they're basically saying when someone paints, like if someone paints a painting or whatever, if a doctor serves a patient, mm. they're automatically doing it for someone else. They're not doing it necessarily for themselves. They might get paid. They might have some benefit out of it. But it's, he's basically saying that those kinds of arts and techniques always have somebody who's almost essentially weaker or lesser than them in mind when they do it. Is that kind of where, I, where that's where I came in on it? That's exactly where he's sort of trying to, well, where Socrates is trying to lead that one to. Um, he, he gets down to, I think, um, he did the same thing like with the the sail, uh, the pilot, you know, of the of a ship. Yeah, the captain. And saying that sails. he's not doing it, yeah, f- for himself. He's doing it for the benefit of the sailors, right? So he's, um, so he, he went through a whole bunch of different ones. And I think the, uh, it's interesting that it's, it, it sort of got turned around a little bit with uh, Thrasymachus, who sort of is getting the shits with this line of query once again and, <laughs> yes. and sort of comes on to that whole, um, you know, do you think the shepherd's in service to the sheep? What's wrong with you, Socrates, you idiot? You know? Uh, <laughs> He's putting him up to sell him. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, like, what's wrong with you? And, I, and this brought about, like, another sort of interesting way that I think where Socrates actually starts to sort of make a few decent points I think now <laughs> if you know what I mean um, just on yeah, so I, think... I kind of oh sorry Go team. Oh, I was just going to say I think the, the problem there with his comeback is before they went down this path the, the Stressy Marcus guys basically gone remove the person making mistakes and I think Socrates argument is then more than that I think he's saying let's remove human nature period around greed and self-interest and making mistakes and then what would this look like um, which is why I think he can say like the doctor is all about the patient not about the doctor because like we know in our experience and I think historically there's a good argument for this that doctors do make money and part of why anyone does any profession uh, is to put food on the table and to make money. And, and Socrates, because of their changing of uh, the, the argument to remove the error, I think he's also removed the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? That, that, that he's removed the selfishness of 
humans from the task and just looking at it purely as a like if the person was perfect and they're just doing their profession for the profession's sake Mm. then this is what it is which I think is a good way to attack the problem because it does remove that human element but I think Mm. the comeback about the sheep thing is a reality reality yeah well this is actually what happens um yeah, and, and look, in fantasy, he, he drops a bit more reality on him too. So, like, he goes on, uh, I had a few other notes here. Um, <clears throat> the just man will always come off second best in a contract. Um, the just man's going to pay more tax than an unjust man on the same amount of income. Um, I think and, that's uh, where the argument shifts, though. Mm. Like, it kind of moves from what is justice to almost a utilitarian argument by Thrasy Marcus that... He, I could be wrong. He, he kind of says, uh, he kind of shifts the argument. I feel like he's kind of losing grip of the argument. So he shifts it to essentially say, you know what though? Because who cares? Because the unjust person is mm. more successful. So he kind of shifts his, uh, what do you call it? His measurement. Angle of attack. Measuring. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, he's, what do you... Well, I think you're right, but I think he's, I don't think he's shifting it. I think... Um, Maybe, and this is a big thing for me to say, quite an arrogant thing, but maybe Socrates overreached. Like, so by, he's he's actually said to him, now let's remove the person making a mistake. And so Socrates has gone, oh, let's remove all of those human things that cause error or cause it to go wrong. But it's, it might not be what the guy wanted. Like if you were talking about the, the doctor scenario, you know, he might be saying a doctor can make a mistake, yes, but that doesn't mean he's still not a human being who's being a doctor because it comes with social status and wealth and all those other things. I think Socrates has just removed all those things. So maybe it's not a change. Maybe it's more of a correction of yeah. that's not quite what I meant. Like this is that's not real. Let's look at reality. But maybe it's something. I, like I think the thing is says, though, that... what, what is important is what works. Is kind of where he goes to. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. But also, I think, like, uh, you know, you've got two guys who've got very different ways of thinking because Socrates is a man of black and white, good and evil, and uh, Thrasymachus is a man of shades of grey, right? There is no good, there is no evil, there's just stuff Power back and, and forth, what right? Works. Yeah, and that's where, that's where he plays, uh, whereas Socrates is in this land of good and evil, you know? And so they're trying to have this argument and they're... they're I think you're right, Rubes. Like they're both using different measures of success, right? And that's why they neither of them will kind of concede because they're they're both seeing the argument on a different scale. Yeah. Um, I know that at the start of this series, Tim, you mentioned something. You said, "Oh, it'd be interesting to see this dusty old book. What applications there are in current day." I think that dynamic that's described in this chapter is something that is still debated and you can still see it in today. You can see it in politics. You can see it in, around the office. You can see it in the way that people behave and the way that people think. I, I, I think it is really just two diametrically different worldviews. Well, 100%. And even um, critical race theory kind of uses this argument in a way of saying that um, it, you know everything that's in place <clears throat> pardon me, is already built upon the sins of the past, so to speak. And so it needs to be replaced. I'm not an advocate for critical race theory at that level, but I think it's still, like, it's a similar mindset, 
I think you could say of the you know whoever's in power sets the morals and whoever's in power um, sets the, <clears throat> what is justice and so hmm. and I think that gets explored further in this chapter as well yeah but yeah, earlier on you mentioned yeah sorry go, go look. no you go mate you go Oh, um, earlier on, you mentioned Karl Marx, um, and I agree totally. But for me, I, I, I hear the way this guy talks, and um, I'm like, yeah, there's there's two common factors here, and one is um, one is power as being a determining factor in morality, and the other one is is utilitarian. So what works, um, mm. and you can see both of those things at play um, when it comes to more modern thinking. And that's not just Karl Marx. I'd say that's probably a similarity with Nietzsche. That's a similarity with um, a lot of 20th century thinking. Yeah. So, I anyway, think, um, to your original point, there's definitely some relevance. <laughs> well, relevance, wanna... but I think it's fascinating that as much as things have changed, mm. they've kind of stayed the same. Yep. Yep. Um, did you want to add to that at all, Lachlan? I was just going to sort of mention, I suppose, like uh, Thrasymachus's sort of closing argument, I suppose, that he sort of had, just it's a bit of a full yeah, stop, I suppose, for this thing, which was it's kind of like injustice is celebrated uh, not just by those that get ahead, but by all who benefit from it. And, well. um, and I think that just speaks to this guy's mentality, you know, like... Yeah. <laughs> I liked, if, if everyone's um, I liked, making some green, then you know, like. <laughs> but I liked um, Socrates's um, response, which, if I can bastardize it, he basically says, um, "Yeah, look, but justice still has to exist, and it can't be any of the things you say because if it didn't, then criminals wouldn't even be able to exist. There has to be some level of justice in between thieves, or they'd all be ripping yeah. each other off. So for cooperation, yeah. you need a concept of justice." Um, so he kind of almost goes like, um, yeah, but there's still a standard and everybody has to live by it in some capacity. So you can't be right, which I think, I think he's, I think he nails him. Well, he does, but that's really interesting though, because that's where, uh, Socrates starts to bring in some shades of gray, you know, he goes from his good and evil to say, well, everybody evil must still have a bit of good in them. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. which uh, is, uh. Which is maybe him conceding a little bit of the real world view, right? Mm. Rational makes sense, though. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Mm. Um, but I think it, it, it points out like another fundamental difference between the two. Like Socrates is almost like there's an ideal up here, right? Mm. And then the other bloke's kind of saying, um, I don't care. I decide what works and what the ideal is. And whereas Socrates is kind of trying to reach to something outside of himself. Whereas the other bloke's almost saying, well, we decide, we decide where it is, where the line is. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they kind of like start getting onto this angle. They're talking about so Socrates kind of like winds back a little bit about that art of the shepherd sort of business. And, um, you know, I suppose that a leader is more concerned with the benefits of his subjects, uh, as through their benefits, you know, they also succeed. Right. Um, but Thrasymachus um, is still sort of indicating, I guess, that, you know, rulers like to be rulers. They like to be in authority. And that's yeah. kind of that, you know, that position. They want power and they like being in power. And this kind of changes, I guess, the sort of tact of the argument a little bit now because they, uh, yeah, right. they start to, to argue that sort of point about 
you know, do you really want to be in power or not? And they're on sort of different sides of the fence there. Yeah, I agree. So, um, and I, sorry, you go, Tim. I was gonna. I've I've got the I've got the full stop for the discussion. So you go do your thing, and then I'll, I'll come in at the end. Well, I was wondering, are we going to push through to the end of this chapter? I think we do, because um, I, 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 my full stop is essentially they come around to the end of it, and Socrates basically goes, this is all good and well, but at the end of the day, we still haven't defined justice. Yeah, I think, like, the conclusion that my, my translation says... Um, I, I, I'll read this part and then we'll discuss it. Um, So, we have admitted that justice is the excellence of the soul and injustice the defect of the soul? That has been admitted. Then the just soul and the just man will live well and the unjust man will live ill? That is what your argument proves. And he who lives well is blessed and happy and he who lives uh, ill the reverse of happy? Certainly. Then the just is happy and the unjust miserable? So be it. But happiness and not misery is profitable. Of course. Then, my blessed Thrasymachus, injustice can never be more profitable than justice. So that's kind of where he takes it to. That doesn't work in the real world thing. Um, But it's not... I think it's... it's, um, How do I say this? Both both things still sort of remain at that example. So the the, the point that Thrasy Marcus is making around the unjust person having more profit, well, that that kind of remains. Um, but the soul currency, so to speak, of the just person also still remains. Yeah. Remains. Hmm. Um, so I think you're right, yeah. Ruben. At, at the end, I really like how this is described when he talks about like, well, we still haven't actually figured this out. Um, so after that it says let this Socrates he said be your entertainment at the Bendidii whatever that is he goes for which I am indebted to you now that you have grown gentle towards me and have left off scolding (laughs) nevertheless I have not been well entertained but that was my own fault and not yours as an epicure snatches a taste of every dish which is successively brought to table he not having allowed himself time to enjoy the one before, so I hope I gone from one subject to another without having discovered what I sought at first, the nature of justice. I left that inquiry and turned away to consider whether justice is virtue and wisdom or evil and folly, and when there arose a further question about the comparative advantages of justice and injustice, I could not refrain from passing on to that, and the result of the whole discussion has been that I know nothing at all for I know not what justice is, and therefore I am not likely to know whether it is or is not a virtue, nor can I say whether the just man is happy or unhappy. <laughs> it's, it's almost like Socrates just wore him down. And he's just like, I'm out. I, I... <laughs> that's exactly how it is. And you could tell, like, Socrates knows that's how he's won, right? And I think he's just like, feels like he's cheated himself in the argument in some ways. Um, it's just kind of like, ah, uh, you know, it, it, it keeps doing, you know, flipping things on him. You know, Socrates likes to deal in absolutes. 
only a Sith deals in absolutes. Um, and, you know, the, the opposite of a truth is not always true, but <laughs> Socrates seems to use that in his arguments all the time. And, uh, yeah, I think he feels, it feels like he's cheated himself. So um, it's um, <laughs> be interesting to see what the next chapters sort of bring out. So When you said only yeah. a, a Sith deals in absolutes... Uh, I immediately went, that's an absolute. <laughs> <laughs> that's an absolute. <laughs> yeah. I like the analogy. It's kind of like Socrates is saying, there's a buffet here and mm. I came here to try the prawns, but dim sims came past. Ooh, I see dessert over and there. And then <laughs> many things came past and I just kept eating all these things and now I'm I full at the end of the of meal them. and I didn't get the prawns. I still had the dim sum in my um, mouth while I was uh, reaching for the uh, <laughs> whatever. In that, in that quote, who is it? He, he said that he's like someone. Is, did he say I'm like um, Epicurus or something? Oh, uh, let me see. Yeah, something like that, yeah. As an Epicure. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what that means. But I know that there was a school of thinking which was essentially, and I don't know whether it came later, it essentially said oh, the, the, the way to happiness is, is basically moderation. You know, enjoy a little bit of everything. So I don't know whether that's like kind of a critique of that idea. Saying, yeah, it's all good and well uh, to the, enjoy a little bit of everything, but you don't actually get to understand or enjoy anything that way. Yes. Hmm. I think the quote but is, anyway. uh, pleasures without limits are but punishments. Hmm. That might be one of the quotes there. Have you got something to add there, Lachlan? No, I was just going to say, I mean, that, that kind of circles back a little bit to um, like the original conversations with uh, Cephalus because he was talking about, uh, you know, as he got older, um, sort of moving away from the pleasures of food, drink and, uh, and women and whatnot. So, uh, you know, uh, maybe Socrates was feeling guilty for giving in to the, the whims of the <laughs> argument as a, yes, as a is, spice of life that he could not resist. That's it's so up. true he's such a nerd like he feels bad about it as if it was someone that just gone out partying all weekend and got drunk and, and hooked up with all these chicks and they feel bad about it on a Monday morning but his hangover on Monday morning is oh I've enjoyed too many ideas yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway. well actually I'll give an analogy that's relevant for me it's like I turn on my Xbox to keep playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla and then I see that three of my friends are on and it's battlefield time. And then it's 1 a.m. <laughs> I'm tired and I didn't make you didn't any do progression in do. Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Same yeah. problem. Well, that's oh, it that there. Good. And I, um, yeah, that was yeah, good. I really enjoyed dissecting Thrasymachus. Mm. I still prefer Thrasymachus. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> well, um, let's, let's move on to our other regular segment, which is... Um, taking a, a stroll down to the pub philosophers mm. uh so ruben i'll i'll hand over to you what's your uh, your, your discussion for the pub philosophers today as we polish off our drinks? oh right i actually watched a tv show that i enjoyed which is very rare for me anyone that knows me personally knows how much i hate television and movies at the moment because i think it's all rubbish and i think hollywood should just burn to the ground at this point um but no i watched this show and like it was legitimately i thought it was legitimately good but what was weird about it is so this show came out in 2020 
Um, it's the show is called Utopia, and it's a remake of a British show. I haven't seen the British one. So the British one's from 2013. Anyway, this show came out in September 2020, but it was filmed like in the year before. As you know, they don't just film a show overnight. So it was filmed before the pandemic, and then it came out after the pandemic. And the plot of this show is basically that there is a rich oligarch and he's trying to trick the mass population into taking a vaccine that sterilizes them. I'm sorry <laughs> if anyone wanted to watch it and there are spoilers, but it was worth it. Um, I, I don't, actually don't even know whether the show was particularly good, but I just I was just watching it. And at the start of every episode, the poor suckers that made this show have to have a disclaimer. This claim basically says this is not based on any real pandemic or virus. This is a total work of fiction. <laughs> I could just like I can just imagine they've put this show together. They slated it to come out in September 2020, and then the pandemic hits. I can just imagine these executives going out of their mind. They're like, "What are we gonna do? We can't air this." <laughs> That's funny. I wonder how long it'll be before that warning will be before the Planet of the Apes movie. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully never, brother. But hey, oh, I love that trilogy. It's really good. What is that coming out of her nose? <laughs> that is not on iTunes, by the way. I was looking. No. It's not there. At least not in Australia. But oh, I need to get that movie. And neither is the room. <laughs> oh, boo! I know. I know. Actually, you haven't. Have you seen the room, Lachlan? No, I'm not familiar with it. Oh, we we had a. Uh, we had an exercise of watching The Room, uh, Ribs and I, w- with our wives, and that was a night Experience. well wasted. <laughs> <laughs> but I will revisit it. I am going to watch it again. It but gives a whole, the, a whole new level of so bad, it's good. Uh, do you know Tommy Wiseau? No. Uh, okay. Uh, we'll, we'll educate you on this. It's it's right up there with The Republic, for sure, for um, its <laughs> influence on culture. <laughs> it, it equally profound. Oh, completely. There you go. All right. Um, I'll put it on my list. <laughs> and uh, how about how about you, Lachlan? What's your pub topic? Uh, no, pub philosophers topic. Yeah, um, I've been um, sort of ruminating on um, what I'm going to do with um, a bit of um, workspace in my garage. So uh, I've got um, a few tools and I've got a bit of space that I want to kind of... Uh, get things organized and uh i've been researching today building a workbench and uh sorting out all my tools and getting it all nice and organized maybe even a little bit of memorabilia up on the wall all that sort of thing but um yeah it's kind of exciting something i i want to do since i moved house last year and um pandemic's a good time to do these little projects so um that's what i'm doing at the moment so i was actually measuring up timber and all this sort of stuff to get my cutting list and uh i haven't built anything um with my own two hands for a long time so uh kind of feels a bit therapeutic i'm, I'm keen to get into it nice. yeah nice are you going to include mm-hmm. the kids with the build yeah look um i was watching a couple of youtube clips on uh, people who were building um workbenches and stuff today um with my middle child so he's uh He's eight years old, so he was quite interested by by this sort of process. 
I think um, I think he'll be quite engaged and keen to do it. My older son, I don't think I'll have too much uh, too much interest in it. Like he'll come down, and go, hmm, that's interesting, and then like wander back to what he's doing. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> I think that's an oldest child thing. I don't know. Uh, it's funny. My, my middle child, he just loves looking at stuff like that. Um, I remember we we had a trip to the doctors once, and um, everyone was getting their um, vaccinations and stuff like that just the just the normal stuff you know the four-year-old shots at all whatever it may well be and uh he was there like saying to doctor can i like watch while you give it to my brother it's like yeah sure buddy and like he like wants to like watch the needle go in and all this sort of thing he's like really interested (laughs) in the detail the doctor's like going man nothing's phasing this kid you know like (laughs) nice well the needle's not going into him is it (laughs) Well, no. But I must admit, even when he had it done to himself, it He's didn't like, really yeah, phase him it. too much. He's like, huh. yeah. yeah cool. But that's How about it. you, Timmy? Um, well, as I said, I, I had a night in ISO, so that was good to reflect um, on just, you know, how much time you do spend with your family and, and how important it is. Um, to do that it's it was, it was good I used it as an opportunity and something I learned a few years ago like if something's um, frustrating you it can point you to anger or it can point you to being thankful um, so I just went well okay this is something that I usually get access to and usually get to enjoy uh, but today I don't so I'm going to reflect on all the times I have enjoyed that and look forward to getting that access back and then thankfully the test came through that night uh, while I was asleep and uh, happy days able to get up and go inside and give the kids a hug so that was really good and mm. um, yeah I've, I've still tripping away at this other book I've got it's it's um, I'll put on camera um, it's this little map book um, it's a bit cheesy with some of the comments it says on the cover but it's basically it says philosophy everything you need to know to master the subject in one book a degree in a book um which if that's true why are the university courses so expensive <laughs> so i'm guessing it's not quite true but the content within it is in such a really uh helpful uh, way of doing things it's got these really cool sort of mud map pictures um, and, and little flow charts and you know just tells you who these different people are um, so it's it's a it's a good book that kind of gives you some understanding of all the different periods of time um, there's little bits in there about marks and um, you know guys that I would not normally take the time to read um like i i know the communist manifesto is one of those books on the philosophy classics and i might read it one day it's super short man like it'll take you an hour yeah there you go um well it's like number 300 on my to-do list so (laughs) whereas this gives me a one-page summary so i'm like okay that's that's the punchline um i'll run with that so i'm enjoying that i'm just doing one chapter a week of that as well and uh, that's really good. Mm-hmm. So, good on you. Yeah. Well, I think that's it. Um, next week we're going to move on to book two. Um, 
I'm guessing we'll probably have to split it in half like we did with this one. Um, I like how yeah, there's also. absolutely no spoiler in the title. It just literally says book two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, no spoiler alert there, which is helpful. Um, just before we wrap it up, just give a 30 second. How are you finding the read so far? So, I'll start with you, Ruben. Oh, as I said the other last week, I'm really enjoying it. I just even enjoying the way it's written. Um, it's nothing really quite like it, so that's good. Yeah. And uh, how about you, Lockon? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> like I mentioned to you before, um, you know, I'm not uh, particularly scholarly with these kinds of things, and it's not the sort of thing I'd normally go out and read. So um, I was sort of setting out feeling a bit like this is going to be my, my English homework from high school, but uh, I've actually been enjoying it. So uh, it's, um, yeah, like Reeves had said previously, like it's actually pretty easy reading. It's got good humour in it and uh, it's, it's very conversational. So it's it, it actually puts you in the time and place really, really well. So you can kind of almost visualise yourself, you know, uh, sitting there in a toga, uh, yeah, leaning <laughs> leaning up against the wall with a drink, listening to these guys having a having an argument, you know. So, uh, or a or a gentlemanly debate. Yes. How about you, Tim? Ah, oh, I'm really really enjoying it. I've listened to the audio book, uh, this first book. I would have to say at least three times now, and I've read mm. it uh, probably three as well. I've been writing through my book. Um, but my grandmother, uh, who has uh, had a chat with me earlier this week, who will probably end up listening to this, um, she wants to borrow my book. And I said to her, well, no, because I'm writing all through it. It'll be messy. I'll, I'll get you your own copy. And she said, no, I want to read your one so I know what you find interesting. And <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. So, so like she'll find things like, lol, backing Socrates to win. <laughs> Written in my book. <laughs> <laughs> she'll just probably think what does lol mean <laughs> so uh, I'm looking forward to that alright well um, thanks for joining me again tonight fellas it's been fun and um, thanks to everybody who's listening we appreciate you participating um, mm. oh, follow up on last week we are on Spotify now uh, which I'm super pumped about so that's really good um, we should be on Apple Podcasts uh, if we're not already uh, by tomorrow as well uh, or obviously on YouTube and Facebook there is a Facebook group uh, if you want to join the discussion uh, we'll be hanging out on there from time to time having a chat about where we're up to and uh, yeah remember the Republic wasn't built in a day and neither were middle-aged men and long live the Republic and we'll catch you guys next week thanks guys see you guys take care everyone